Virtual Fights, a podcast about athletes and entrepreneurs where I'll be asking questions about food. Each episode will feature a special guest where we'll learn the ins and outs of their businesses or athletic successes, or maybe a little bit of both. These guests are inspiring, heartwarming, and could leave you hungry. So I'm excited to kick off the show and would love to hear any feedback you have. I'll respond or repost if you follow on Instagram at wolfbites, that's wolf underscore bites, or on the site wolfbites.com, that's W-O-L-F-B-T-E-S.com. So let's get this started. Okay, today's episode features Katie Bishop, our first female entrepreneur and owner of By the Root Nutrition. Katie's a registered dietitian offering virtual services to other nutrition experts and those in the health industry. Katie received her undergrad from Bucknell and her master's of human nutrition from Columbia University. While she calls New York her home, Katie is currently living in Columbia, the country, and exploring different parts of the world to get a better understanding of how cultures shape the way we think about food. So without further ado, Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julie. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Excited to have you. So I talked briefly about um, what you're doing now, but um, could you tell us a little bit how you got started as a dietitian and why you chose your profession? Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely wasn't linear, um, you know, forever since I was little. I wanted to be a doctor. Oh, really? Um, I actually, you know, I took the MCATs. I applied to med school. I did all of that horrible stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I was waitlisted and, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? I found this nutrition program and I thought, okay, well, I like nutrition. I never really thought about it as something people study, but um, you know, I signed up, I got in and halfway through the year, I just had this revelation, like, oh my gosh, I love nutrition. It's so cool. And found out that it's not really something that's taught in medical school. And that sort of really bothered me. So that really, really pushed me into following this as a career and becoming a dietitian. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's it is weird that it's not taught in medical school, so um, it's a good idea. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. foundation of a lot. Of stuff. Obviously, there's plenty of diseases we have no control over, and they just kind of happen. But um, food is a huge part of a lot of stuff that happens to us. So I thought that was kind of like crazy that you know doctors aren't really learning about it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you saw the need. Mm-hmm. So are you, you're currently based in Columbia. So do you do nutrition there as well as being a virtual dietitian? And what actually is a virtual dietitian? Yeah, good question. So I am, um, I am just starting to see people here. I actually met my first client last week. Um, oh, he's good. an expat. He's an expat. So, you know, um, I would love to speak more Spanish, but I'm not fluent, so I'd be a little afraid to go ahead and and take someone who only speaks Spanish. Um, So I'm kind of focusing on expats. Um, But yeah, so virtual dietitian, I mean, any, uh, for example, 
Um, I can see clients online. So I could talk with someone in New York um, like I am with you, right? And we could yeah. video chat and then just meeting in person. You know, you can be in your home. You can be in your office. You could be wherever it is that you need to be, right? but also fit in your appointment with your dietitian. Um, so I kind of like that aspect of it because it actually makes it easier for the client. Um, and then for me, too, of course, because it lets me live in another country. <laughs> and <laughs> I also work for, you know, other nutritionists, as you sort of mentioned, dietitians. I do research for them. I write articles, research-based or more for, you know, pop culture type articles. Um mm-hmm and do editorial things. So I really have a wide range of skills that I offer. And um, like I kind of said, virtual dietitian can mean a lot of things because, you know, there's a lot of things we can do as dietitians, consult, um, research, you know, give counseling, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Cause it's pretty much what you do is kind of all in one. So you don't really want to, yeah. Sounds really interesting. Um, what has been the most challenging part about being a virtual dietitian or even setting up by the root nutrition? Yeah, I would say at first, you know, the most challenging part was maybe, you know, the virtual part, the technology side, right? Um, I, at the moment, I don't have, for example, a mentor or someone, um, who is maybe is another business owner that I, look to for help um, questions so really when I was starting my business it was just from the ground up literally like I was just relying on Google you know researching how do I create a website Um, how do I you know get clients how do I how do I also all of my stuff um, adheres to HIPAA which is like our privacy practice laws with medicine yes um, because I don't have paper files, I have electronics, so it has to be stored safely in the cloud somewhere. Um, so that was a lot to deal with. And now that I'm all set up and I know I got all those things running, I'd say the hardest part is really just when you are virtual, no matter what you do, um, you kind of end up being alone a lot. So you're alone at home all day. Um, so that's my next challenge, right, is to figure out how can I not be alone all day, right? Do I do a co-working yeah. space? But, you know, sometimes you need privacy for client calls, things like that. So it's a lot to work out. Um, but it's really not so bad at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely understand because sometimes you just want to talk to people and you want to, like, bounce ideas off of someone. And if you're alone, I guess, I don't know, you talk to mm-hmm. the wall or, like, <laughs> you start texting your friends random things. But Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I definitely find myself bothering my friends while they're at work, um, <laughs> right? I, don't, I have no one telling me I can't be on my phone. So, um, yeah. again, like you mentioned, yeah, I don't have – I don't work in an office full of other dietitians, so I don't have people right at my fingertips who I can, you know, consult with and ask their opinion about something. But fortunately, I do have some friends who are dietitians. I can call them, or there are a lot of Facebook groups for dietitians where we bounce around ideas. So that's been very, very helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned some of those challenges, but also as a female entrepreneur, do you, have you encountered any challenges that way? Or um, 
I don't know, any stereotypes <laughs> within your industry that you've had to overcome? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's been pretty easy in terms of that for me because my profession is generally seen as more feminine, mm-hmm. um, even though there are men who are dietitians and they're good. Um, but yeah, it's just been a female dominated industry since it kind of started. So I think I sort of meet the expectations, I guess, in that sense. (laughs) So I haven't had too many issues with that. Yeah. How do you, why do you think it's so female dominated and what do you think could be done to have more guys or males in the industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a tough question. Um, maybe I, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just thinking, brainstorming. Maybe. I don't know why there's more women, maybe traditionally because women dealt more with food, you know, women would stay home and cook and things yeah. like that. So maybe men men starting off, men didn't have as much of a connection to food as women did um, or do. But um, and I think so. Obviously, now that it's very few, that sort of deters men. Um, yeah. But I think I don't know. I think I don't, I don't know how we could get more men in it. I think it's just you know maybe exposing more people to the fact that it is a field. Because like I said, I didn't even really know that nutrition was an option until I found this master's program. Yeah. Um. Even though I was interested in it, and showing people that it's not just you know, working in a hospital, you can do sports nutrition, which I know a lot of men are interested in. Um, and yeah, there's just lots of, lots of options. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. Yeah. Do you focus on certain, I don't know, I guess I'm not like well-versed in nutrition, but I know that you said there's sports nutrition or do you focus on a certain type of nutrition, like healthy eating or something? Yeah, so I definitely would say I focus more on lifestyle change and generally healthy eating, weight loss. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't focus specifically on sports nutrition or eating disorders or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will work with people who have a problem that's bothering them, whether it's with their digestive system or, you know, they have diabetes or some other, some other, some, something else that's ailing them. Um, or some other disease. So, yeah, it's very more general, and I try to do not quick fix, quick fixes, but you know, more long term, long term stuff. Yeah, definitely. Because with the quick fix, it's you don't really get to people a certain way, but mm-hmm. you need to like really dive in a little bit more. But I noticed on yeah. your on Instagram on By the Root, you have so many recipes that you've done and it just it always looks so amazing I just want to eat it myself (laughs) thank you yeah yeah um is there speaking of that is there um a recipe that you always make um whether it be like a meal or a snack or something yeah for sure I don't know you might have noticed and I kind of talk about this a couple of times on my Instagram is that I tend to post very similar dishes <clears throat> because I tend to cook the same thing all week, each week. Like I, I mm-hmm. sort of I sort of just go I go to the store, I buy, you know, OK, what am I in the mood for this week? 
you know, some red pepper, maybe carrot, onion, and then I always have a grain and, and maybe tofu or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I follow a recipe, but now that I've been cooking for myself for a while, I know what I like and I know it's easy and I know it's cheap and I know it's healthy. So, so for me, like I'm okay with eating the same thing for lunch every day because it tastes good. And, um, you know, it's that, you know, I'm okay with that. Right. Some people need to switch it up. They like to eat out for every meal. I, I have met some clients like that where they just, want they don't want to cook for themselves and they need Mm -hmm. they like to switch it up um but um especially in the mornings every morning I have oatmeal for breakfast that's like my my go-to my everything I can't function without oatmeal or my day is different (laughs) if I don't have oatmeal do you Um, put anything in it yeah I try to keep it simple I know you can definitely find crazy complicated oatmeal recipes on Instagram um, these days, but really I just do oats, like rolled oats in water, um, a banana and some peanut butter. And then sometimes I do cinnamon and sometimes I might add some seeds or something like that. You know, I really keep it simple. Um, sometimes when you make it complicated, it doesn't taste good anymore. Yeah. It has all these weird ingredients and sometimes I like to go crazy (laughs) and then I'm like, what is this? What am I eating? Right. And especially, you know, as I've been traveling, it, you know, I've learned to keep things simple. I can't be going and chia seeds and seeds and these and that and flaxseed and this, you know, th- more specialty things or cacao nibs, or, you know, yeah. coconut, you know, <laughs> um, it gets yeah. really expensive. So I try to keep it easy, cheap and healthy. So. Since you've been there, have you just been in Colombia or have you been in different um, countries in South America? Yeah, so when I took my exam last year, last summer, to become a dietitian, Mm -hmm. um, I stayed around for about a month and then I headed out to Nicaragua. Um, And I ended up staying in Nicaragua for a total of seven months. Um, I loved it so much. But in between that, I did make it to Costa Rica for a couple weeks. And then oh, I also nice. made it, I made it to Mexico in the Yucatan Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was also a nice break as well. And then from there, I sort of spent this, this past summer in New York again. Um, you know, have a little taste of home again. And then I yeah. went off to Colombia and I've been in the city of Medellin the entire time I've been here for the past five months or so, or almost six months. Um, so yeah, it's been really, really nice. I've traveled yeah. to a couple other places in Colombia, but um, my home base is Medellin. So when you went home or came back to New York, did you notice that you changed what you were eating or do you have a different perspective on, I guess, what healthy eating should be since you've been in South America? Yeah, you know, what was really interesting was the first thing I noticed going to Nicaragua was I didn't have stomach issues anymore. Oh, or really? not, that I, not that I ever had stomach issues, but um, but I loved to eat, you know, big green salad or, you know, lots of things with lots of fiber, which is great. You know, I, I love that. But the diet's much more simpler in Latin American countries. You know, it's like rice and beans, maybe a meat. And some plantains or something like that. So I sort of learned like 
that keeping that a little more simple. Mm -hmm. Um, I always felt healthy and I always felt, you know, fine. Like in terms of my stomach, I was never bloated or uncomfortable feeling. Um, actually when I went back to New York in the summer, I did go and get one of those big green salads and I couldn't even (laughs) eat half of it. Like it just, it hurt. And I, and I love the taste of it, but I just can't eat it. Saying that like, if you keep it even simpler than that, then you'll actually feel better. Yeah. And obviously everyone is different. So some people Mm -hmm. will never have stomach problems no matter what they eat or digestive issues or just feeling tired or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, you know, eating healthy does not have to be about how many bunches of kale you go through in a week or um, (laughs) how many juices you buy each week. Right. It's really about getting variety. Um, but variety doesn't mean you have to have variety every single day, right? It could be every week you just switch something up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just making sure your plate is, let's say you eat meat, right? You have a little bit of meat, you have, um, you half your plates like green veggies. It could be asparagus, broccoli, it could be a little salad. And then you have some sort of starch, which could be like sweet potato or it could be brown rice or something like that. Right. You just have a little bit of everything is there. And then that's all you really need. It doesn't have to be much more than that. Yeah, that's true. Other than going out and doing all this other fancy stuff, it's pretty nice to just keep it simple. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So do you recommend healthy eating to all of your clients or um you know how some people say there's different diets but then some people say it's a different lifestyle so like plant-based eating that's a lifestyle but then other people say that it's a diet or um Mm -hmm. paleo diet do you recommend doing some or not doing anything or juice cleanses like what do you think about all those? Yeah, so it's pretty uh, wide ranging. But uh, when you said juices, right. it made me think of juice cleanses because so many people do those here in New York. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I've had a client who um, was a, a yo-yo dieter, which a lot of people have been, you know, has tried several different diets like, you know, paleo, juice cleansing, um, keto, all these things. And mm-hmm. Um, when it, when it's something like that, you know, it's a fad diet. It really is a diet, right? You're trying to lose weight. Um, you're trying to achieve a goal. And then once you make that goal, you kind of stop the diet, right? You go back to your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I don't like. Um, I don't like that because it doesn't work. You know, if, if someone comes to me for a quick fix and I help them, I'm not doing my job. Like, This is why this isn't why I went to school. Like anyone can tell you how to do a quick fix, right? Just eat less food. Um, You're going to lose weight. That's how it is. And I can I mean, as a dietitian, I could guide you healthily through that. Right. I could say, you know, make sure you're getting this wide variety of fruits and veggies and 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 other plant things and vitamins and nutrients. But, um, yeah, fad diets are not what it's all about. But. For example, you could, you know, start going paleo, for example, and that being a lifestyle change for you because, mm-hmm. um, although paleo technically eliminates certain foods from the diet, um, there are ways you could make it 
sustainable um, and find ways to make it work for you. Um, everyone's different, like I said. So everyone's bodies function, function differently. Everyone metabolizes things differently. Um, so that's really what my job is about, right? Figuring out what works best for my clients. Um, and I have, so I have another client, right, who's on the keto diet. And he actually came to me because he wants help with it, right? But, you know, I told him, I said, okay, we can do this for a little bit, but I want you to know eventually we're going to try to incorporate other foods into your daily eating patterns because this is not sustainable for the rest of your life. Because first of all, the keto diet eliminates so many foods um, and it's very, very heavy on meat and dairy. Mm -hmm. And yes, it can help you lower your blood sugar. It can be good for type 2 diabetes. But we know that it's not good in the long run because it's literally the exact same thing almost as the Atkins diet. And we have plenty of research on that showing us that it's not good for us. So, um, yeah, so I try to help my clients see it less as like a diet and more as just like this is how we eat. This is how we're going to eat every day. Yeah, almost like a lifestyle. Then I think it becomes easier for people. Like if you call it a diet, then you always want to have cheat days or something, or then you feel like you're restricting yourself. Yeah. So that's another reason why I like to not just talk about food specifically in my sessions, but also talk about how we feel about food and our attitude towards it. Right. Because if your attitude is that you're dieting all the time and that you're having cheat meals, you're going to feel guilty about those cheat meals. And then it might lead to more or it might lead to more restricting. And it just is bad behavior. That's not good for us. Um, my goal is to get you to eat food and not have to think about it 24 seven, but to just know you're making good decisions, um, and to eat your, you know, quote unquote cheat meals when, when you feel like you need it, like, you know, not yeah. feel bad about it. It happens. You know, we need, sometimes we just need that ice cream or we need <laughs> that pizza. It's okay. Life. Yeah. Happens. Yeah, that's true. Do you consider what you eat, um, healthy eating. I mean, you probably do your dietitian, you know exactly what you're doing, <laughs> but, yeah. um, do you do plant-based or, um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I still think that's a fair question, even though I'm a dietitian, um, <laughs> because even as dietitians, we all have different perspectives on what healthy eating is. Um, you know, for example, there's plenty of dietitians who drink lots of soda, even though we know soda is not necessarily the best for us, right? We all do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say I have a healthy diet. It, um, <laughs> there's some days where I feel like it could be better, but <laughs> again, like I okay. said, yeah. I don't feel as bad anymore. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not all about being perfect all the time, you know, like, yeah. like back to cheat meals. Like sometimes I like to have my ice cream, you know, I like to have a milkshake and, um, or, you know, just. Like last night, I had some pizza. It actually wasn't really what I wanted, but it was just what happened to be available. And, you know, I ate it. I didn't, you know, eat too much. I didn't eat too little. I just ate what made me feel good and it tasted good. And that was it, you know? So, um, yeah. but yeah, as far as like a specific diet, um, I used to follow a specific diet, right? I used to be strictly vegan for a little while and then I was vegetarian. And now I'm more of an omnivore. <clears throat> What's an, what an omnivore? So an omnivore. All meat, all the it's time. It's basically normal everyday people, right? You eat 
you um, eat meat, you eat plants, you eat there. You, you kind of eat a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like 90% of the time I'm like vegan, vegetarian for a couple reasons. One is just the health aspect, right? Eating plants are really good for us. Um, I, for me personally, that's what makes me feel really good mm-hmm. is eating more plants. Meat sort of makes me not feel so great. Um, two, I don't really like the taste of meat anymore. Um, especially Has it been a while since you... Yeah. No, I mean, I've, and being in Latin America, I kind of have to adjust. I kind of, it's really hard to be totally vegan. Um, especially when I was in Nicaragua because it was very, very traditional town. There wasn't, you couldn't buy tofu. You couldn't buy, um, lots of vegan products, right? You kind of have, would have to live off of rice, beans, a couple veggies, plantains, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it just doesn't do it for me anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, people say a vegan diet is boring. Well, I say like eating meat is boring because it just, <laughs> it always tastes the same. Like it never tastes different. You can have different marinades and spices, but it always is chicken. It's always beef. It's always pork, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like the creativity that comes with, uh, vegan diets or vegetarian diets, right? You definitely have to be creative. Um, you know, try new things. It's unique. And then um, it's cheaper, honestly. Um, people get so surprised when I say that, and they try to argue with me on it. And I'm like, look, I'll show you my receipts. I'll show you all of them. But it's so much cheaper to do a plant-based diet. Um, the only way it would be more expensive is when you're buying specialty product after specialty product, which a lot of people think they need to do, which you don't. Um, you know, I don't eat food re- meat replacements like, you know, chickenless chicken that to me, that's just weird. Like I don't like not the chicken cause I don't want to <laughs> like the fake chicken, like the right. turkey, yeah. bacon, faking stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it is called like fake and bacon or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need the meat replacement. Right. Those are mm-hmm. good. You know, for maybe someone who's transitioning and they are kind of used to the taste of meat, you know, they don't want to give it up. Um, mm-hmm. If they, you know, they want to become vegan or something like that. But I also don't push plant-based diets on my clients. Um, I try, like, again, everyone is different. So I try to really, uh, you know, make a diet for them or, you know, help them figure out what works for them and what makes them feel good um, as best as I can. Yeah. Do you ever get really strange questions or maybe what's the strangest request or question someone's ever asked you about nutrition mm-hmm. um I don't know honestly if I've gotten too many strange questions maybe just because I'm used to hearing everything but <laughs> <laughs> um you know I did think it was funny when I was in school and we've always known that like our digestive system like our like our bowel movements have to do with what we're eating, right? Like you get food yeah, poisoning, you're obviously going to be sitting on the toilet with food poisoning or like, <laughs> you know, just things like that. Um, or everyone knows like you eat asparagus, it makes your pee smell funny. Um, yeah. so I thought it, I thought it was, I sort of thought it was funny, you know, when we really started learning, like you have to talk to your clients about like, are they 
like going poop. <laughs> like, I, I, how often do yeah. I go to the bathroom? Like, you know, and it's like a weird, so it's sort of like I ask the weird questions to clients, I think. Um, yeah. Like not so much them, but I was actually really excited though. My last new client that I had um, sort of outright started telling me about his bowel movements. I'm like, oh, great. You're <laughs> perfect. I love this. Like, I, don't, I didn't have to ask. Like, he just knew. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I think that can be weird for some people because they're like, wait, what? I don't want to talk about this with you. Um, but yeah, it's definitely important. Yeah, that's true. Do you recommend, like, this might be a weird question, but how many times a day do you recommend going? Like, I know some people, <laughs> some people don't go for, like, a week, and that's normal uh, for them. Or, like, right. I don't know. Is, yeah, there, th- is there a normal <laughs> amount to go? You're totally right in saying that, again, like everyone is different. Everyone has a different average amount of bowel movements. Some people go five times a day and that's totally normal. It's not like they're running to the bathroom, right? They just have to go. <laughs> um, like, And typically I find that guys have to go, men have to go a lot more. Um, I think it's just, you know, they're, they're different balance of hormones. Maybe it's their testosterone or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's possible that someone goes once a day, they go twice a day, or some people go once every other day, once every two days. Um, sometimes it depends on diet too. Yeah, that's true. Less food, you're actually going to have to go to the bathroom less because there's not as much stuff in your system, um, to eliminate. Or <laughs> if you went on a juice diet and you stuck with it, you probably would stop going to the bathroom eventually as much because really you're not eating any solid food. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So it's just, there's nothing you you've cleaned yourself out. There's not much left to do. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it is interesting. It is really different for everybody. Um, so as long as you feel okay and you feel like you're not constipated or you're not running to the bathroom, like you feel normal and healthy and fine, mm-hmm. then you're probably totally fine. Like if you go once every three days, like, that could be normal. Um, the only time to be concerned, like I said, is like, if you're starting to feel like you can't go, like you need to go, but you can't, or, um, you know, you're just running to the bathroom all the time. That's when you should be worried. Hmm. Interesting. Thanks for the um, (laughs) tips, Katie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. My pleasure. Um, I guess the switching gears a little bit. Um, <laughs> if you were to get on a plane, if someone was like, all right, Katie, you need to go back to New York tonight. But when you get here, every restaurant will be open. You can get in anywhere. Where would you go? Even if it's like a Sunday brunch place that's open for like two hours or something. That is a really tough question because, <laughs> first of all, New York is so many restaurants. Um, I actually, when I was living there, I had a list on my phone of every restaurant I had been to in New York and then a bunch of these restaurants that I wanted to go to. So I tried to always go to a new place. Um, but I did have a couple places that I liked to go, maybe for, like, lunch. You know, I do like those sweet green salads, even though they – attack my stomach <laughs> you can only eat half right um you know for kind of healthy things I like sweet green or like juice press always made really great smoothies I thought yeah. um but then 
I did have this secret obsession with Le Pan Quotidien, even though it was, you know, this big franchise. Yeah. Um, just loved their selection of stuff. And they actually had pretty healthy stuff. And I liked that they, you know, they had the calories on the menu, which is always good, especially for someone who's trying to sort of figure out, you know, how to get going with their healthy eating and, and whatnot. So, um, I don't know. I would probably, have, you know, that's like comfort food to me. So I'd probably have to go somewhere like that. You're a secret, not so secret place anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that is a good place. Juice Press is really good, too. I like all those places. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to cook one meal for someone, um, what would it be and why? What would it be and why? So if I had one chance to cook something, well, I would first of all probably want to come back to New York because New York has all the ingredients that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, the food's different down here and we don't, you know, here, most of the foods they sell in the grocery store are things that they grow here in Colombia. So if it's not really grown here, it's not like, for example, I miss things like butternut squash and sweet potatoes. Um, so you don't have those there? No, uh, um, I think uh-huh. you can find them in other areas of Colombia, but not in my region. <laughs> so kind of sad. I really miss sweet potatoes. Um, so, <laughs> but one of my favorite meals that I ever made was actually with my spiralizer. Um, I made a butternut squash pasta or, or noodles. I oh, that's the spiralizer is the thing that like makes it into pasta almost, right? Right. Have you ever heard of zoodles? Like, zoodles? yeah, right. Exactly. So it's the same thing, but with a butternut squash. Hmm. So you use a butternut squash, you twist it in a spiralizer to make these noodles and then you just put olive oil on it and you roast it in the oven for like 10 minutes like nothing and then it turns into this like sort of al dente like most delicious tasting pasta because it doesn't have a strong flavor um but it's sweet so it's so good and then I made it with these and found a recipe for chickpea meatballs so they didn't have meat in them again but these chickpea meatballs um and then served it with like arugula and like balsamic and maybe like a maybe like a soup to start, for example. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like oh, a pumpkin are we soup. are we going like seven courses here? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you gotta have gotta you gotta, gotta come to this meal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta at least have two courses. <laughs> you're gonna come for someone. <laughs> and I say all this because it's. It's winter in New York, so that's what I'd be making now. Yeah, uh, you have to. Yeah, if it was summer, I actually was cooking a lot for my friends, like uh, summer rolls, you know, with like rice paper, and oh. you put like a bunch of veggies in them, and then oh, yeah. um, you get like that, you know, a chili garlic sauce from that, you know, sriracha brand stuff. They make a great chili garlic sauce, and then you just dip it in that. Oh, so good. And you can put like tofu in it or tempeh or something to it's delicious. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. So who would you cook this butternut squash zoodle chickpea meatballs for? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I would cook it for probably, you know, either my boyfriend or like some of my friends because, you know, everyone I have around me is like pretty supportive of the way that I eat. Like they enjoy, you know, when I cook for them or they also enjoy, you know, trying these new sort of plant-based things. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't force like veganism or something like that on anybody. 
Um, but if I'm cooking, I'm going to choose the menu. So, uh, but I try to make sure, you know, everyone's pleased, but yeah, I would definitely cook for those people. Yeah, that sounds good. I might have to um, come along. This sounds really good. Would you make dessert? Um, I probably wouldn't make dessert because first of all, I'm terrible at like baking and dessert things. I've never really tried making dessert, but, um, to make like an after dinner thing let's say I'd probably make like a cheese plate with like cheese maybe like some nuts and apple or something like that Um, oh yeah yeah something not too sweet but like you know delicious yeah that sounds good yeah I've never personally been a dessert person whenever I have dessert it's typically between lunch and dinner like my afternoon snack is my dessert oh like when you were younger did you do that you no, when I was home from school or something. Right. When I was younger, no, I had a typical like you know, dessert after dinner type lifestyle. Yeah. But no, just now that I'm now that I'm more older, like my own routine. I don't know. I don't really like to eat a lot before I go to bed because I don't sleep well. You know, if my stomach is full or if I had too much sugar, I might have nightmares sometimes. Or really? Like, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I just I don't know when I get that afternoon hankering you know you always just want something sweet in the afternoon when you get a little tired um so sometimes I or a lot of times I satisfy that craving with something sweet yeah it sounds like you really like know your body do you think that's a big thing about eating healthy and like staying Mm -hmm. healthy I guess Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. Um, it's really important. So when you want to try and, you know, start changing your diet or things like that, and if someone came to me in our first session, I wouldn't tell them to change anything the first time around. I would mm-hmm. honestly tell them, let's actually log your food. Let's see what you're eating and let's see how you feel and just pay attention to what's, you know, are, are you feeling overstuffed after you eat? Are you feeling dizzy after you eat like nauseous because of too much sugar or something or um does your stomach hurt you know things like that because sometimes we don't even pay attention to it I honestly didn't pay attention to it until I started studying nutrition and learning about how it actually affects our bodies so much yeah that's true Mm -hmm. one last question what is something most people don't know about you and Let's say it can't be anything on, like, Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good question. So I used to use my fun fact all the time with new people was that I've lived in a lot of different states. And I even lived in the U.S. Virgin Islands for a couple of years when I was really little. Oh, really? Um, which that was always, like, you know, my secret fun fact. But <laughs> now a lot of people know that about me. So <laughs> I would have to say that. My new that um, I'm actually terrified about traveling by myself. Um, <laughs> Are you really? But you, yeah, that's what well, you do, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my picture's so like, oh, I'm so cool and happy here, whatever. And I am, you know, happy and whatnot. But it's it's really scary. Like, I, you know, you don't know the language. Um, I'm learning Spanish, but you know, it's not perfect. And you're just surrounded by everything in another language. It's just overwhelming mm-hmm. or you don't know if your neighborhood's going to be safe or if you're going to like your Airbnb that you got, um, you know, because I'm also yeah. sort of a perfectionist, too. Right. So I'm like, everything has to be perfect. 
But traveling has, you know, let me loosen up. I'm actually a lot more relaxed than I used to be. I don't have anxiety anymore. But, um, you know, traveling definitely can be nerve wracking. And especially by yourself, um, I'm not as brave as I look. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that really is, though. I mean, you're literally like facing your fears head on and you do travel by yourself and you move right. from New York to South America and you're just like, uh-huh. you know what? I don't care. I'm doing it. Right. Well, sometimes I'm like, why do I put myself through this torture? Like I, it's so <laughs> scary. But then I, and then I kind of think about that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm really proud of myself. Um, I think it was a really big deal. You know, I wanted a big change in my life and I went out and did it. And I like every day, I'm just so happy for that because it's been such an experience just learning about other people. And it's just so eye opening to realize how different our lives are from people in other countries Um, because they are so different. Even if they're from, even if they speak the same language, they're from the same social class, things like that. It's just the lifestyle is just different. Um, And it's, you know, they're everyone else's habits are different from ours than what we would expect. Um, So it's really been really cool. Yeah. That sounds really interesting and something that, I don't know, maybe we should explore. Um, Okay, well, I think that wraps up this episode. And Katie, thank you so much for going into diets and nutrition and our digestive system (laughs) and (laughs) what kind of meals you like. But it's Mm -hmm. been, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for having me. I've had a lot of fun. Okay. 